Welcome back to Adolescence After Alderaan. I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Fariello. And we are a podcast dedicating to making our way back through the Star Wars Expanded Universe one book at a time. We read yep. these in our youth and we are, we're back, baby, and better than ever. <laughs> yep, back looking through them again. <laughs> yep, finding some meaning that maybe we missed the first time around. And this week we read The Crystal Star by Vonda in McIntyre. Yeah, and this is one that I mentioned the very first episode of this podcast <laughs> as being one that stood out in my memory as very strange and one of my favorites to read as as a kid. I am legitimately heartbroken that I did not read this as a kid. I would have loved it. Yeah, I, it's very easy to see why this would have appealed to me as a as a youngster. Yeah, I would have absolutely loved this. I still had a really not, I had a really fun time reading it and I'm glad that we I'm glad that we're here. So yeah. I have a lot of I guess like larger comments to make about like this book versus other Star Wars yes. books and what's going on. But and maybe how we it should sort like fits in. Yeah, maybe we should table that and just start with like the yeah. the broad strokes of the book itself, which is yeah. kind of a wild ride. It's a wild ride, yet I think in some ways a lot. This is not a not a bad thing, but a lot simple. Like it's a much more contained story than what than certainly than the Jedi Academy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is one book with a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's yeah, really there's something. A, a complete story, and it does not have a thousand characters. We're actually, which I found really interesting. Maybe we can talk about more, but to sort of set up the style of this book, we're following basically three characters' perspectives, and it's Leia, Han, and Jaina. Yeah, which is like very interesting. <laughs> It is <laughs> an interesting combination. Um, so basically, we like right off the bat, and we'll try to keep this short. But we right off the bat jump off where Leia has just realized her three children have been kidnapped. Right, she's at an official event in this very strange uh, planet whose culture we will have to talk a lot about. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, she gets the word that her kids have been kidnapped. Chewbacca has a life-threatening injury because yes. of this, it seems like a percussion grenade or something that went off. Um, yeah. But it wasn't like a bomb that exploded. It was like a... No, it was like a big sound wave yeah. thing. Um, and, and so there's uh, like a circle of like grass basically missing from where the children were playing. Chewbacca is knocked out. One of the like pages or like... Yeah. I kept thinking like an NBC page. <laughs> like Kenneth? Like Kenneth, yeah. <laughs> like some official, like, you know, aide has also been uh, injured. And Leia is obviously, although maybe not obviously, looking at the Leia's we've had in other books. <laughs> but this Leia. This Leia is flipping out. Is freaking out. Um, and she's going through a lot of emotion. She's, like, angry. She's, like, sad that Chewbacca's hurt, but she's also, like, angry. Like, how could this happen? She's, you know, frantic, and so she goes to the Chamberlain? Is that his title? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what happens is because her de- her search for them is delayed, because yes. kidnapping high-ranking children is sort of like part of the culture of this planet. Yeah, it's sort of like so a political n- game. 
Yeah, it's like no one's taking it that seriously. They're just like, oh, you know, like we tried to prevent this, but like this is just our tradition. You'll get the ransom demands in the morning and then we'll get your kids back. No problem. This is just someone flexing to show how strong they are. Yeah, and she keeps saying, like, gotta shut down the ports, like the space ports, like we can't let everyone anyone leave. And he's like, No, 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 like that's not how this works. Like Yeah, no one's gonna leave. Yeah, and she's like and she in her heart and I guess force sensitivity, like she knows that they're alive. She knows yeah. she's like I if they were dead I would I would 100% know. And she's also like I don't think this is part of there's something she keeps thinking that it's like dark force, dark side stuff's happening. Yeah, but the people on this planet are so and they're not people, they're these like four-armed aliens, but the sentients yeah. on this this planet are so 100% like you just don't get it. This is just one of our little coup kidnappings, no big deal that they actually like drug her. To yes. prevent her from from doing like, anything. Well, because it's like it's really it. sensitive. Like if you mess up the game, like yeah, they could actually hurt the child. Like yeah, they they have like a hostage. This the Chamberlain's uh werewolf, which yeah. is like a dog, like a six legged dog. Yeah. Um. So they wouldn't hurt the kids, but they might kill the werewolf, and the werewolf is really important in this culture. And like right, yeah. Lottie, so they, dom. Right. They're <laughs> trying to make sure that they follow this like protocol of. Like kidnapping fun time games. I don't know. It's really <laughs> so uh so Leia so I guess maybe we'll just do Leia's story. Yeah, just take her just we should together. just go straight through each one, yeah. Yeah. So Leia um is like, F this, I'm I gotta do something. And yeah, so R2 she, comes and wakes her up and sort of demonstrates to her that yeah. a ship did leave the spaceport. Right. Um, and she's like, crap, like, I, I gotta do something. So she goes and finds her ship, which is called Alderaan, and she's, like, obsessed with the ship. Like, it's super fast and, like, kind of like a Corvette. I, I sort of imagined <laughs> yeah. it. Like, just, like, a little, like, It's, like, up, silver like, and sleek. Car. He, like, put the top down. Like. Yeah. And so she's like, R2, we're going. And so <laughs> she And she was on already on Alderaan because R2 was like, duh, bitch, we going. Uh. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> um, and Chewbacca ends up being there, and Leia's like, Still a little bit mad at him, but also like you're dying, like you can't come. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 like I'm gonna come. And she's like, I hope you brought enough medical supplies. <laughs> really passive aggressive to Chewie. It's yeah, no, she's she definitely blames. Like she knows it's wrong, but she can't help it. She blames yeah, him. She blames Chewie for what happened. So they end up following the R two has somehow tracked the ship that left, um, and they follow it to this like basically like a ship graveyard. So, yeah, so they get to this, like, graveyard, and it's basically, like, a bunch of ships that, I guess, were slave ships that the Empire had, where everyone was in stasis, basically, and so, but they've just been, like, abandoned. Yeah, it's like a forced colonization thing or something. Yeah, being and it's like a bunch to work of ships. on some other planet or something. Yeah, with like sleepy people on it, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and like and- when the Empire fell, nobody found them or knew yeah, and about Leia them. Yeah, shocked. She's like, we should have found these people. <laughs> yeah, we should have done something about this. Yeah, uh, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> so she wakes up, she gets to one of the ships and she wakes up one guy and he's like very really, not help- helpful. Really standoffish, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she like wakes up who she thinks is like one of his people or his friends, and he's like, "I don't know that. I don't know that lady." <laughs> I, and I do not care for her, right? And yeah, I, I don't want to know her. Um, so he's like really unhelpful, and she's like, "Oh, well, I can like help you guys and like get you resettled, and we can save all your people." And he's like, "No thanks, we're fine." Yeah. And so the lady that she wakes up was 
like being tortured in yeah. the ship. Like yeah. she was in some sort of webbing that was harming her. So she'd been being tortured for like five years. Um, yeah. And so once Leia, Leia gets, and Leia's disguised herself as a bounty hunter. She's calling herself like Leela and she's dyed her hair in Chewbacca's hair. And yeah. she's got her hair down. There's a lot and of all disguises <laughs> going on. <laughs> and when she wakes up this other lady, uh, the woman, the woman says, "Like I can help you find the kids that you're looking for. Right? They've been kidnapped. Like I'm also looking for a kid. Like yeah. my my son was taken. Right. So they team up. This woman reveals that she actually had been trained. She and her husband had together been trained by Dark Darth Vader in yeah. like using the Force, but that she never." was interested in the dark side at all. And so yeah. she ultimately ditched when she got pregnant, she like ditched yeah. them. And Vader was apparently like super excited to play matchmaker and like if you guys have <laughs> yeah. a baby, like your baby's gonna be so force sensitive. <laughs> Which like from what we know of the culture of the dark side, that does definitely seem to be a thing. Like yeah, you yeah. find a baby and it's just like your sweet precious angel like, yeah, you yeah. raise it to be <laughs> evil. It's force sensitive. <laughs> That's all you need. Um, um, but she's yeah, like, my so son she, was just, like, so sweet and amazing, but he's not Force-sensitive right, at all. Right, and so his dad, nobody was happy with this kid, and, um, and now he's been taken, and so she uh, is looking for him as well. And yeah. so they manage to track, or she, like, kind of knows where these people are. Yeah. And so and she leads Leia to this planet, and... Yeah, things have kind of gone to chaos there, thanks to Jason and Jaina's storyline. Yeah, so maybe we should... We should- <laughs> So go back. Go go back and, and... Well, there's just not too much. It's basically, they're just... They get separated from each other, and they're being sort of attempted to be brainwashed and reprogrammed by this yeah. rare character. So we're seeing this all from basically Jaina's perspective, for the most yeah. part. Um, and Anakin uh, is really little. Like, the kids that they have are, for the most part, like, a couple years. So, Jane and Jesus are five at this point, and Anakin is three and a half, as he, like, very forceful. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> really... He's three and a half. Um, but the kids, I think, are a little bit older than that, and he's particularly young. Um, and so he's being carried around, sort of nannied by Tigress, who ends up being this woman's son, who's missing. Right. Um, and they, they're taking a real special interest in Anakin, and this place is run by a guy named Hethrier, who, again, there seems to be, like, some remnants of the Empire <laughs> trying to resurrect. Yeah, he's trying to train Force-sensitive children to be loyal to the Empire, and he's got a real, like, if you've ever read about those kind of really horrific, uh, like, boarding school camps in the desert where they yes. send, like, troubled children to, yeah. he's got a lot of that, that kind of, like, break you down, brainwashing, sleeping in, like, the bare dark yeah, they're rooms. giving them really terrible food, like, Giving rancid. them really terrible food, um, you know, corporal punishment. There is lives. a sand. There's a sand dragon by the yeah. fence. Um, yeah, so really horrifying. But they they manage sort of Jane and Jason manage to get back to each other. Um, they can't find Anakin because he's sort of sectioned off. But they basically like rescue a bunch of these kids by Jason tames the dragon. Um, right. And they, like, ride it out to the forest, <laughs> escape <laughs> through a tree tunnel, and um, and. 
then as the other, as the older children who are supposed to be policing them are like catching up to them, that's right. when Leia, Leia shows comes. up. So that's how they connect. And so maybe let's, we should go through Han and Luke's story and then knot oh everything together. <laughs> I don't even know that we can do Han. So Han and Luke are on vacation? Question mark? So Han is really 100% that he's on vacation. <laughs> In his heart, he's on vacation. <laughs> and Luke is trying to commit suicide I don't know, like, he is the mopiest moper that ever moped like he is just dragging his feet hanging his head like you know like, Arrested development if, anytime they play yeah. the, like the snoopy music yeah and like just hanging their heads and walking slowly like, that is luke this entire book yeah like if you've seen inside out the little pixar movie yeah. he's sadness just he's like sad. going through the hallway touching everything trying to make everything sad yeah um <laughs> oh i hate him so much i got i i wanted to kill him i was like i will help you like let's just end this let's just get yeah. you out of here forever <laughs> um i euthanize luke skywalker yeah. like <laughs> so they're on this like space station that's so called like creche station or right okay so luke i think <laughs> that the reason <laughs> i think that the reason that they're here is that luke's been feeling some sort of like vibrations in the force yeah coming okay. from no no no, no 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 that's not why they're there that's not why they're there <laughs> i know why they're there um i remember they're there because they were getting some sort of like mysterious heavily coded messages oh yeah from that planet to Han that only 3PO was able to decode because they were so like intense and so Han's like let's go check it out slash I want to go on vacation yeah and (laughs) then Luke was like well maybe it has something to do with the force maybe there's a Jedi sending this message because Luke's looking for Jedi got a real one track mind but only if the Jedi's reaching out to you like I'm not gonna go look for a Jedi (laughs) oh god forbid so (laughs) they and Luke's just like a real grump even before they get there, and it's not Yeah, even... he's just in a bad mood. Like, yeah. He woke up on it... the wrong side of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's not getting enough sleep, maybe. Yeah, he's like... just, like, maybe in a, you know, he's just in a little bit of a down. Yeah, so they get there, and they get all checked into a nice hotel, and yeah, like Han is, like, gambling to get them more money, because the fact that they have like republic credits that's no good here right um kind of situation going on oh, they're all in disguise and so like han has like a beard like a goofy beard and yeah han like, grew a beard they painted three peel purple <laughs> yeah and, and luke is like using the he's like, so such a grump he's like han's like but you look the same like yeah you're not in disguise like everyone's gonna recognize you and luke's like han like <laughs> i'm using the force to make everyone think i look different Jeez. Yeah, like, he like bad. yells at Han so much. Yeah, he like takes his lightsaber out thirty times, and it's like, yeah. anytime he's like a little bit angry, and Han's like, "Luke, put your lightsaber." Like, what are you doing? You're not gonna kill me with a lightsaber. Like, what is going on with you? He's like a teenage boy that's like, yeah, who has a really having lightsaber. a rough time going through puberty and like cannot keep his emotions straight. <laughs> No, he's he's out of control. But it turns out that Han's old girlfriend from the Han Solo trilogy, yeah. Zaviri, is out here. And this must be because this I think was published before that. So this must be the first time we we run into her. 
Oh, that would make sense. I did this, pretty, did this come Han out Sol- before the Han Solo trilogy? I think Han Solo trilogy is ninety seven, and these are ninety five. So this is before. actually in, in publication order the first appearance of Zaviri, right? I, I, but I assume, yeah. In continuity order, this is Han and Zaviri being reunited, reunited. after yeah, a really it's long very time. Vague. Like. Yeah, what their connection? Give a whole lot of information. Like, clearly had a romantic relationship, but yeah, I mean, it's clear from here that they had a romantic relationship. That she dumped him, right. and that the Empire killed her family, her family. and that's the, why she's not going to get close the to anybody same anymore. In trilogy, but yeah, they don't go into like she was also a magician. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, and they also talk about how she like her whole thing is that she likes to scam Imperials and like, right, but they don't over. say that like through magic. But yeah, it's like none of this like, and she was a magician and Han was her assistant, so that's all stuff that AC Crispin added. Yeah, added to it later. Um, yeah, so so yeah, they run into her, uh, and she's like, "I sent you the messages. Yeah, I wanted you to come check out this Waru situation. Yeah. So Waru <laughs> <laughs> is basically." If I got this correct, Alrighty. a slimy, like Ghostbusters style ghost blob that yeah. is contained by a series of golden scales, kind of like like tentacles are involved, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like dripping. Like, I just know he's like dripping ooze. Everywhere. Yeah, I sort of imagine. I mean, maybe like gold drippy, scaly, like. Tulips, almost like there's like a yeah. bulb at the end that like goes over on yeah, people like or something. Yeah, he's like contained by these like plates, maybe like golden plates, like like a like almost like a armor, but the yeah. armor is keeping in like a blob. <laughs> and he doesn't yeah. really have a mouth. Like when they first meet him, Han's like, "How is this guy even talking? Like he doesn't even know like how he can speak." Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at like pictures of Waru right uh-huh. now, and he really just looks like. A box made of gold scales that's like dripping slime. So yeah, my yeah. idea that like I had an idea like things were like that pe- he could like reach out, but I guess people just like I think it well was sometimes scale the scales came- open up or the scales yeah come yeah out or something. like he's like he can move I think, but like I think if he took his scales off, he would just like all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Ooze. <laughs> yeah, it's so reminds me of like you know the ooze in Ghostbusters too. Like it's like all over New York and it's like pink and slimy. Like that is what yeah. I imagine his insides. Yeah, look like. So yeah, yeah. he's this like creature who um has this like it's hosting a tent revival. Yeah, yeah, basically <laughs> justified. <laughs> he's hosting a long term tent revival. <laughs> yeah, and he so there's like a cult that has built up around him, and he can as they're sort of walking through this planet or this like city that they're in luke notices that like one person in kind of every family or group is like ill like yeah not everybody's sick but like quite a few people are sick and so what people are doing are bringing their sick family members to waru who like either magically heals them and they're fine or murders murders them them. (laughs) like one out of every like one out of every 15 or so yeah and he's like you know sometimes i guess that's what you know I'm they were sorry. Too far gone. Like I, you know, I'm just tired. Yeah. Now, like. <laughs> Oops. Like, I don't know <laughs> um, so like Han immediately is like, this guy is so full of crap. Like this is. Yeah. There's so, he's is like, I don't hard. understand what the scam is, but I know that this is. A yeah. Scam. This is not right. I smell. And Luke is I like, oh rat. my god, <laughs> <laughs> this guy is so interesting. <laughs> now Luke immediately like. 
immediately is all in. Like, yeah. he loves and trusts Waru. Yeah, and Han's like, well, like, do you get a sense from the Force of, like, what this guy is? And it looks like, no. No, I don't. <laughs> like, I can't either sense dark or light. He's just, like, the best. <laughs> yeah. Luke tries to, like, fling, like, he tries to, like, touch Waru when he's not even supposed to. Yeah. He tries to, like, fling himself into Waru a couple really of times. <laughs> like, he tries to, like, and so he's, like, a, obsessed with Waru, and will, like, not hear a word against Waru. Yeah. And even after Han comes back and is like, oh my god, I saw Waru kill a kid, Luke's like, you know, maybe Waru didn't kill him, maybe he just, like, happened to die then. Yeah. Waru- <laughs> Waru's a healer, why would Waru hurt anybody? Like, Luke's got Waru's name and hearts on his notebook. Yeah. Like, so Han's like, this is so stupid. <laughs> what are we doing? So Han... Um, and also Luke's, like, very sensitive about the fact that Han and Zaviri had, like, a previous relationship and, like... Yeah, he's, like, like, getting jealous paranoid of Han. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> really in a way that I can't imagine Leia ever would be, Luke's, like... Yeah. Like, she was in your room until dark times last night. Like, <laughs> what were you talking about? <laughs> like, it's a really old friend. And Han is, like, super honest with me. He's like, yeah. I had, like, a relationship with her. I was in love with her. Like, I really care about her. But, like, Leia, trust me. Back off, Luke. (laughs) Yeah, like, I do. I care about her. I loved her then. Some part of me maybe loves her now. But, like, it's nothing like what I have with Leia. And yeah, I'm a grown-up, for Christ's sake. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, like, yeah. And, like, Luke's just also, like, his brain is just, like, melting out of his ears. Because something about being on this... Yeah. Planet, he can't he's like gradually losing his connection with the force. Force. Yeah, so he's like, like taking his force. The less that he can use the force, the more obsessed with Waru he is. Like he yeah. thinks he's sick and he needs Waru to heal him. Yeah. Um, like he's going through it. But in yeah. a way that makes you hate him. <laughs> I hate him. I've never hated him so much. I hate him. I so want yes. him to die. <laughs> So Han's basically, we gotta get out. Yeah, Han's like, and like, Zaviri's also very interested in Waru. Yeah. Um, she thinks he's dangerous, but she also doesn't want to just like, be totally dismissive. And so Han's yeah. wanting to get her out and also right. wanting So he's to trying to get just, them out. They get like, kicked out of their hotel because there's a conference coming in. Yeah. Which turns out to be Hethrier and his like, Empire fanatic Compatriots. Buddies. Um, so, so Han's like, trying to converges. Okay. Yes, yeah, so everything converges on the planet. So Leia and the kid, the group of kids and Chewie and everybody fly to this planet to find Hathrier because he has Anakin. Han sees it, like Anakin being carried like on the streets somewhere. Yeah, he sees Anakin being taken into the tent where Waru is. Right, right. And so Han's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's my kid. Because um, he didn't have any idea that the kids were in danger and neither did Luke because he's all Waru crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, they all converge, and um, they're taking. They're basically the plan is to give Anakin Waru because Waru wants like a force baby, as as everyone does. Yeah. So Waru is, it turns out, a being from a completely different dimension, and like his dimension is sort of powered or by like an- is like the anti force, like it's just yeah. like, the opposite of ours, and so he's been draining right people. People's like if force. somebody for when somebody force sensitive comes along, he like drains them of all of that, and he's trying to get like a big enough 
Right, to go home, basically. To power his way home. And so they're going to give Anakin to him and then um uh tigris tigris or whatever like thinks better and like snatches anakin back yeah, out of the way and have kind of been bonding yeah and they also have like each of the uh evil people who's come to the conference has a force sensitive kidnapped child that they've like enslaved right. that they can also offer to waru, offer to waru yes and lusa is one of those lusa is yeah. the centaur girl that we met way back in in Jedi Academy. But then Luke Skywalker just like busted his like, Waru, take me! And like yeah, flings and like himself in. <laughs> into Waru. Swan dives Heth- into Waru. And Hethra's like, there you go! Luke Skywalker pretty good. Like, that's, and that Leia works. immediately is like, Chewie, look after the kids. And she jumps into Waru after. To try to get Luke back. Try to get Luke. And then, and then Han, Han goes just into like, Waru. Han is just like, are you effing kidding me? I'm going into war now. Yeah. Which seems like a terrible idea because we just got these kids back and now every possible, like, <laughs> yeah, now Chewie's going to raise them, which would be the best possible outcome for yeah, them. Not, yeah. 3PO and Chewie, like. <laughs> these are your parents now. Yeah. So then so, there's a big sequence where, like, Han and Leia are swimming through Waru yeah. to try to catch Luke. And then mm-hmm. Luke is kind of getting, like, he's giving himself to Waru. He's, he's right, sort of, like, freely, sinking yeah. down infinitely. And then Leia also kind of gets, like, seduced into the Waru ooze. And she's yeah. sinking down. And Han can't grab her. But they hear, like, the kids screaming for them. Yeah. like And that course, kind yeah. of, like, snaps them out of it enough that they come back out. Yeah, and they pull each other out. And Hethrier and and his ex-wife just beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, reveal that Hethrier is Tigris's father. Right, and and he had been telling Tigris that, like, your mother was the one who, like, stole you of your force abilities. And And also, you're just a random kid. Definitely not my son. Right, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Um... And then the star blows up? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> this is the crystal the crystal star is because this station, this planet where Waru is, is located right by Star. Yeah, it's like a star that's like freezing. Yeah. And so when Luke leaves Waru, maybe Hethra gets pushed into Waru. Yeah. And Waru is just like, you know what? Good enough. And uses Hethra's yeah. force ability to power himself going back to his own right. dimension. Right. And again, the star like collapses, I think. Yeah. But everyone and they get away. out. And, everyone gets away in time. And uh, yeah, and it sort of just ends with them. Oh, Luke's like knocked out again. Sleepy time Luke. Um, <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, is Luke going to be okay? And yeah. the one woman's and, just like, just wake yeah. up. Yeah. Like, that's enough. Yeah. Just enough get up. This, Luke. You <laughs> slept enough for 10 <laughs> lifetimes, so you're done. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it just ends with Lisa saying, "Like, let's can we go home now?" It's, very it's different uh, than really else. something. I feel like the first thing before we get into anything specific to address is just how incredibly tonally different this is. Yeah, it's from much anything else we've read. Fantasy, I that's, feel yeah, like. and that's interesting because the copy I have, I would probably have the same one, but has a advertisement in the back for Shadow Moon, which is the I think the first book in the Willow prequel, or no, it's a sequel series that George Lucas wrote with um, another guy. Like, and and to me, that was sort of like a sign of like, oh, this is like a little bit, I think they understood that this was not the same as like what the Jedi Academy trilogy is trying to do. 
or what Thrawn is trying to do. Like, this is something very different. Like, this yeah. is fantasy. This is, um, yeah, this to much me, less sci-fi. Yeah, and I texted you that this reminded me totally in some ways of the cartoon series Over the Garden Wall, which yeah. anyone who has not seen Over the Garden Wall should immediately yeah. go Could and watch. It's more highly recommend. I think it might be on Hulu, but find yourself it, a copy of that and it is phenomenal it's a series they're each like 10 episodes 10 minute episodes and they yeah. add up to something that's just like beautiful and hilarious and yeah and just so really clever lovely. and layered yeah and but you're right i think it does it reminds me a lot of that the sort of sense of like fantasy and also danger and things are just a little bit surreal and just slightly yeah. off kilter so it was like if you put star wars over the garden wall and a local rin fair yeah. in a blender. <laughs> and this is what you get. This is what it's you get. True. Yeah, it's got kind of like a high fantasy sort of feel to it. And, you know, I'm trying to think of why that is. I mean, I think Waru, like, Waru as a villain is really interesting because he's, like, an alien and he's weird looking. But he's, like, an out of space and time. It's a little like, bit Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah. To go back to what we're talking about with the Tales from Jabba's Palace, yeah, the sort of like very old, always been there, will always be there kind of feeling to it. Um, right, I think he's too, outside of like the Empire Rebellion conflict. Yeah, he and like have a horse in that race at all. Yeah, it sort of like stands in for that, but like it, villainy is sort of there, but that's not the big. No, and I mean, like, it has a lot to me in common structurally, and even some of the settings with, like, fairy tale yes. stuff. So, you know, like, the where kids the. especially, yeah. Yeah, so, like, where the children get taken from. I mean, someone even says that the planet is, like, is like a fairy tale setting. Yeah. Where they have like, castles and courtiers and pages and. Yeah, like, forest glens. Like, it is yeah. like, very, like. Yeah, they're in, like, a Glen. <laughs> yeah, with, like, a, a babbling brook. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, right near, like, a little stream. Yeah, and, and when they're on the sort of planet where they're being held, like, there's a legit dragon. <laughs> yeah, there's a dragon right outside the and gate. And they run away into the woods. Of. Yeah, it, it, it does sort of have a fairy tale. As, and, like, kids getting kidnapped is right. such a Right, kids getting tale. kidnapped by dark forces. I mean, it yeah. has a little bit of a, like... Yeah, like wicked fairies, like spiriting the children away yeah, for their own like a, yeah. purposes. Yeah, um, and and I think too, like, and I don't know if we want to get into this now, but like Leia as sort of mother in this, and like the mother figure is so different than any other Leia. Incredibly different. I responded so positively to Leia. This is my favorite yeah, well, Leia. She, she was so. Like, action. <laughs> yeah. No, like, she did stuff. She did stuff and did stuff, like, that made sense. <laughs> she did stuff that made sense. When she found out about people being enslaved, she was strongly against it. Like, yeah, yeah. She, she was doing it, what she could to help. She, yeah. You know, she, you know, under you could, in her sort of inner monologue and how she's written on the page, like, even, like, we, we've talked about this already, but her anger towards Chewbacca, like, I'm angry at Chewbacca. I know I shouldn't be angry. Like, 
She was reasoning out thoughts. <laughs> yeah, she was in like very relatable and but also in the fairy tale thing, you know, like disguising herself that yes. she's like a princess and then she would like put her hair down so no one could see her face, face and yeah. you know, taking on like a false name and there was a lot of stuff. That's another big fairy tale thing that speaking someone's name gives you power over power, them. Yeah. Which is a big part of the culture of the whatever alien race it is that Hethrier is. Yeah, Raya um, and uh, his ex-wife Rayalo, is that her name? Yeah. Um, yeah, that like Leia knows her name initially, like because she was in stasis and, and she had learned her name and it's like a big deal that she was calling her. Yeah, to say yeah. her and at the end, like out of respect, Leia's like, I'm I'll never say her name again. Like yeah, Right. Yeah, for that culture. Um Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, this is filled with like fairy tale. Yeah, there's and I mean this is a small point, but the ghostling? Like, what yeah. is that? Well, <laughs> let's talk about, let's take a side tangent to Ghostling Town, because <laughs> this is crazy. So when Luke and Han are first on the planet, they're like walking, it's like a, kind of like a bazaar, I guess? I don't know, it's like a like hopping. Yeah. There's like gambling and shopping and like And someone's whatever. like, do you want to buy a tablecloth? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's very busy, like bustling. And they run into this creature called a ghostling. And a ghostling, to me, is sort of like a vila from Harry Potter. Yeah. They're, sure. like, very ghost-like, and they're... They're very delicate. They're so delicate, but they're so beautiful. I marked the page with yeah, the ghostling. Yeah, you should read it. <laughs> um, so, the ghostling placed herself in front of him, as delicate as a reed in a spring pond. Ghostlings had always mesmerized him. They looked like humans, but were not. Their ethereal beauty tantalized humans, and they, in their turn, were fascinated by human beings. They were as seductive as incubi and succubi, but as fragile as spider webs. For a human and a ghostling to enter into a physical relationship meant certain death for a, for a ghostling. But there's no harm in looking, Han said to himself. <laughs> the, there is. <laughs> the ghostling smiled. Her long, fine, green-gold hair spread out around her head like a halo, and her wide black eyes searched his gaze. She touched his hand with her delicate fingertips. Her gilt-tanned skin glowed, and her golden fingernails dimpled his skin. Han shivered. What do you want, he asked, his tone harsh. The ghostling smiled. Nothing. I want to give you something. The route to happiness. To your death, Han exclaimed. <laughs> no, she said. No, I'm not like that. Not one of them. I used to. So then they chat for a little while. Yeah. And she sort of talks about like how, you know. She's just like a Waru. She's like, I want to spread the good word of Waru right, to right, you. Right. But yeah, it's super. Yeah, it's like if Fleur de la Cur and when Bill got together, she just like. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> shattered like a piece of glass, <laughs> like spun sugar from yeah, yeah, baking yeah. competition. Yeah, it, yeah. Her uh, the way that this author sort of like explains the aliens of this world is, or you know, the Star Wars or expanding universe is very different. Yeah, I mean that's a very fairy tale kind of. Yeah, and the like you said the the start with an F the the planet that. Hethrayer's from. Even the the weird, like, kidnapping political game people, like, everyone sort of comes from a sort of, like, kind of magical, you know, all these rules that, you know, don't make a whole lot of sense, you know, sewn into the culture for eons and eons. And yeah, and it's just, it's so different from anything else that we've... I mean, I guess I get why people maybe don't respond to it, because it is so different from, I guess, what you would expect, yeah. but I really respond to it. I, I think it's too. Great. I, was, I was 
super prepared to come on here and be like, I want to issue an apology <laughs> to you <laughs> and our listeners <laughs> for suggesting this book. Because um, just the way that, like, when you Google this book, like, the first thing that comes up, and, and as I said last week, like, we'll link to this article, but how this is, like, one of the worst of the Star Wars Expanded Universe books. And, like, after reading Jedi <laughs> No. Like, I cannot agree to that. I feel like this By is better than, better than the Jedi Academy trilogy. Better than iJedi. I think so, too. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. What else have we done? I mean, it's very different from Courtship of Princess Leia. Um, yeah. It sort of has a similar... Like, a, you know, the way we sort of discuss Courtship, too, is that sort of fantasy yeah romance. like i think it's more aligned with that sensibility than it is with any yeah, of the I, other stuff we've read i feel like this book is making the least amount of effort to have the characters be similar to how they were in the movies yeah and it doesn't need yeah because like i mean I'm, I'm thinking about leia's characterization which i loved i don't i you know i don't necessarily think she's a carbon copy of the leia we see on screen in the original trilogy, but it doesn't matter. And it's realizing that she doesn't need to be right. That like, and there's not a single, at least not that I can remember <sighs> quoting of the movie in this. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I feel like that is really good for the creativity of the book. Yeah. That there's a real, this book is really cut loose from the movie, but it's also really cut loose from the other books. They're not like yeah. talking about Grand Admiral Thrawn and they're not talking about, you know, the Rogue Squadron and they're not talking about the Truce at Bacor. Like they're not going. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they talked about like winter. She was referenced a bunch of yeah. times, but like the large events, you know, sort of don't hang over this book. And, and I wonder if part of that is that like Leia as a character is so preoccupied with what's going on that like, she's not going to be thinking about right. these other things. Han and Luke are like, well, Han just wants to, going? Han just wants to leave his life. Like. Yeah. And like the other perspective are the kids and they don't know, you know, they kind of know what their parents have told them, but not much. And so it does seem very untethered from, from the restraints of, of having to fit in to a larger universe. And, you know, it may be because this is one of the earlier editions. And I'm wondering, and I don't know if this is true, but I feel like this must be the first instance that we come to understand Jane and Jason's sort of like special force talents, because unless we get that in Thrawn, which I, they're like born in born. Thrawn. So probably not. <laughs> probably not, because in Jedi Academy, there isn't really any No, there's no indication in Jedi Academy. But in this, it's like, it's very clear that Jocelyn can... Jocelyn. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a throwback. I'm regressing. <laughs> Jason can talk to animals, and Jane is very good with, like, tinkering and figuring out right. like, mechanic stuff. And It's interesting. Like, I, reading this, I found myself wondering how, like, how established they were for setting up the expanded universe at this point, because there yeah, are sort much. of... There are sort of small ways in which this doesn't fit in with the yeah. rest of the expanded universe. There's like little points of contradiction. There's little like just sort of details and moments that don't line up yeah. between like Jedi what? Academy and this. 
stood out to me was them calling the kids, calling people that look after them old fathers and old mothers. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> like what is that? They don't, I don't think I've, you have not heard that yet. No, I'm um, not. And that, again, sounds like a fairy tale kind of, or yes, like a medieval-y like a, kind of right, like, term. Yeah, yeah. And I, it must be, you know, because this comes out in 95, as does the Jedi Academy trilogy. So I'm wondering if they just released these you know, kind of simultaneously and and maybe didn't have, other than sort of big picture, didn't have like a huge conversation about these kids. So I just looked it up and the idea of the hold father or hold parent does not appear any, in any other Star Wars books. It's okay. only here. Only in this, yeah. Yeah, it does seem like a, I think you're right. Like, I think even in a bigger sense, I think this is a Star Wars fairy tale. Fairy yeah, tale. this is very much like a Star Wars fairy tale. And I guess if you weren't looking, if you were looking for a sci-fi novel and you picked this up, you might be disappointed, unhappy. Yeah, but or if you read Thrawn and like we're all on board for Thrawn, and then read this, I could see yeah disappointed. But and I, I mean, Hathrier is actually I think a really good yeah villain. He's so maybe we should scary. talk a little bit more about Hathrier since we haven't yeah. really yeah. delved into him. So. He is running this, like, space planet station mm-hmm. thing. In any case, the full story we get of Hethra eventually yeah. is that he was trained in the dark side by Darth Vader. So right, he Vader. is he is no. basically a Sith. That he, after the Empire fell, he tracked down his ex-wife, uh, kidnapped their son, And left her to just be sort of tortured indefinitely, you know, except to, like, bring the son back after he brainwashed him to, like, tell her that he hated her. And then, But he didn't tell his son that he was a son. He used him as a servant because he was too embarrassed to have a son that wasn't a force force user. And he's been kidnapping these children who are force-sensitive from all over the galaxy and brainwashing them. And the ones that he successfully brainwashes sort of rise the ranks in his, like, new Sith army that he's planning on creating. He is... And he can cut off the kids from the Force. Yeah, so Jaina describes it as, like, someone putting, like, a cold blanket on top of her. Where she, yeah. like, can't reach out to her brothers. Um, particularly Jason, which I think we should talk a little bit about, like, their Force connection. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I think that's where I get my impression of what they should be like. <laughs> adults. Um, so, yeah, he can, like, cover them with sort of, like, a Force stop and blanket like a snuggie that stops the force and yeah so he has like a very he's very powerful but in like very specific uh, right and he ways. in his lightsaber which all lightsabers should be like this yeah doesn't have an on button. Have a button you just we- use the force to activate it yeah and that's how he sort of like tests the kids to see if they're force Ready. sensitive by having them turn on the lightsaber but yeah that was like that makes sense no lightsaber should have a button yeah like all lightsabers turn it on yeah all lightsabers should be force-activated lightsabers. It would have like, been so... Not that it wasn't cool already, because it was. But it would have been so cool if, like, when Rey picked up the lightsaber, didn't have a button, and she, and just, she like, just turned, turned it on. on. That would be great. It would be super cool. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so he has, like, a bunch of people. And it is sort of, like, medievally reminiscent, like, fairy tale. He has this bunch of, like, you know, followers who are also kind of, like, courtiers, like, kind of high ranks, and they all kind of meet and talk about, like, how to get the Empire back on track. (laughs) (laughs) Let it go, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's gonna let this go. Yeah, and he puts Jaina and Jason in these, like, dungeons, basically, like, no light, and just, like, a mat on the floor. Yeah. Um, It's like, when it's time for them to sleep, like, there's a space on the floor that gets soft. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, you can sleep there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, it feeds them, like, gruel, and... Yeah, and it's super gross. 
and like rancid and but i mean like this i was uh when i was reading this i was like god like hethra is so much better at this than brackets was like oh yeah yeah like hethra was like i want to start a shadow academy it would have he would have (laughs) <laughs> he would have succeeded so well. And he's got, like, a little bit of that going on, but he's so focused on sacrificing kids to Waru that he's right, getting him at, like, like, a more a tender age. Because he thinks that when he, if he sort of gets Waru loaded up with the Force, that Waru will maximize his potential. Like, that's the deal right. that he feels like he's made. Waru doesn't care. Waru's doing his own thing. Yeah, Waru's out of time and space, and he could give a crap about whatever's <laughs> going on. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like this, especially the stuff from Jaina's perspective, I was really impressed with how, like, genuine, how genuinely the voice of a child, all of that yeah. felt yeah, like. She, she does a great job of it. They're speaking voices, and Jaina's sort of thinking through the sort of problems at hand, and how she's gonna get out, and how she's gonna find her brothers. Um, yeah, it all seemed very... And I got, like... Uh, choked up at the distress and mistreatment of the children like that really affected me um it was really sad like they're they're when they were being separated from each other and that was really sad yeah like wanting to call out to each other and when anakin was being taken away and yeah yeah for his parents yeah and this is i think this is where because i i know i like talked about this a lot when we were doing Young Jedi Knights, but I think this is where I get my impression of Jane and Jason as, like, very in touch with each other through the Force. Right. Which is something that we have not yet gotten from them. No, on a not- big scale like this. And this is why, like, I maybe, you know, maybe you can sort of explain it off as, like, well, they're kids, and it was, like, different, but, like, even Young Jedi Knights, when they should be, like, very in touch with their Force, like, they don't have the connection that they have in this book. No, and- that's sort of an ongoing theme in this book that was sort of interesting was like the the intense distress of being cut off from the force in yeah. some way yeah. that Jaina and Jason are feeling like it's physical torment for them not to be able to reach out to each other, each other yeah. through the force. And Luke, God knows, is just losing his yeah. mind. Just <laughs> all <laughs> on the floor. He's the force. Which is sort of interesting, especially with Luke, because, like, Luke grew to adulthood without ever consciously using or knowing about the Force, right? He was too old to begin the training that he did. Like, fine. He should know how to function as a human being without drawing on the Force nonstop. Yeah. But he cannot. (laughs) Or even just, like, maybe a bigger theme, too, is just being, like, cut off from a sense of safety or family and friends. Because, like, even Han, even though he's not connected to the Force, like, he's trying to, like, get through to Luke, and Luke, like, literally shuts him out. It's not, like, goes into his own room and slams the door. Yeah, <laughs> he's a baby. Um, <laughs> huge tantrums all the time. Yeah, but, like, yeah, this, like, trying so hard to get back a sense of safety and... Yeah, everyone's... If we want to stick with the fairy tale thing, you know, everybody's yeah. gone into the the mound or whatever under the hill or over the garden wall or through the looking glass or whatever it is to be like everyone no one understands the world that they find themselves in right all of a sudden and everyone's looking for yeah like everyone's trying to find their way back yeah right and something to hang on to and you know jana's sort of constant reassurance right of like like well mom or they call mama papa right mama papa are not dead really because i like i would know they're not but like Still not being able to confirm, right, or to right. have any sense of uh, 
right. like, reassurance they, that that's They test Hethrier by saying that Jason was born first. Yeah. And when Hethrier's like, oh, yeah, I know. I was there. I saw when right. you were born and he was born first. They're like, okay, well, we know that he's right. lying. Yeah. It's like a slick good. move. Like, yeah. good job. Yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> smart. Yeah. And I sort of went back and forth and be like, are these kids, like, too smart to – you five-year-olds and then sort of thinking well if they're like super force sensitive and very self-aware then like maybe not like maybe this is yeah and i mean even some of the little moments so like jaina finds that she can use the force like tiny bits without getting heavier's attention so she uses the force to like put sand in the food of the older like mean snitch kids and then like put sand down their pants and then (laughs) jason uses the force to get like some kind of bugs, like, I guess ants or whatever, basically, yeah. to, like, crawl up them. But then when the ants get squished, Jason is just, yeah, like, really a wreck. about it. Yeah, when like, he, like, finds Leia, he's like, I killed these bugs by axe. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> really upset about it. Yeah. And that was, it felt like a very genuine moment where Leia was like, well, that kind of makes them, like, hero bugs, right? Yeah, so yeah. Like, like it's okay. Like, it's fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jaina can create light by rubbing air molecules together. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she gets them, like, moving fast enough that they generate, like, heat and light. Yeah, and so, yeah, she she ends up using, she has, like, a little, which seems dangerous. Yeah. uh, Like, a little mini tool, like, I guess, like, a Swiss Army knife, kind of. Yeah, it's got, like, a drill and... Yeah, and so she manages it the way she gets out and... uh, Frees all the kids. Jason, yeah, frees all the kids is that she uses this tool. To like get drill. They say they give her one that only works on wood. You can only yeah. like drill and cut and stuff wood. And like when you get a little bigger and you're right, more you mature, get one. Yeah, you can get they're... one that will like weld metal and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and like when she's seven, I was like seven. That still seems really <laughs> young to have like a tool that welds metal. <laughs> this is not a flash dance. Like she's an adult. <laughs> just about to start singing. She's a baby. It's <laughs> <laughs> a welder. Um, yeah, yeah, I liked, I I mean, this is, I think, thinking back to me reading these books as a youngster, like, this is Jane and J- Jason, like, this is... I would have... and This, this is, is how I remember them. <laughs> well, and this is, this Jane and Jason, they are better at you, and more in tune with yes. the Force than in the Night series. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're- like, Jaina at 14, I would not ever believe could create light by rubbing air molecules together. Yeah, yeah, they're so much more intuitive and bright, and they seem much more connected to each other and, you know, rely on each other in a way that they didn't. And this so also much. seemed to be the first time that they have, like, a, a relationship with their parents that's significant. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That, like, they take care of them. And yeah, them. like, they want to sleep in Leia's bed whenever she rescues them. Like, they're, yeah. like, tucked up with her so they can feel safe again. And, I mean, all the stuff when they rescue the kids, I love. So, like, there's, yeah. they save the kids. And Leia's kids, obviously, like, want to stay with her. Yeah. But they have all these other kids that they've rescued. So, they, like, push all the beds together to make yeah, like, a big all, like, slumber party together. for them. Yeah, and, like, so Chewie's cute. in there, like, Chewie's in there crooning, like, a Wookiee lullaby to them. And he's yeah. got, like, two in his arms. And Leia's, like, kids always just love Chewbacca right away. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, that's so true. I know. This <laughs> is like, too. Yeah, there's, like, a bunch of really sweet moments. And, like, so much more of a sense of family and daily life, even though, like, we're seeing them at at this very 
horrible crisis moment. Like, I can still imagine, like, them getting home and, like, all cuddling up and yeah, Han reading them, like, the littlest Bantha Cub. And Miss, like, Han thinks about how he misses the kids at a certain point. And, like, it's just more so than... He even Jedi thinks, like, at one Jody. point he's even like, you know, I love my kids so much and I'm proud of them and these amazing powers that they have. But I'm also really nervous about them being trained in the Force and, like, I'm maybe... Nervous, I'm turning out like they're... <laughs> Dead weight uncle. Yeah, it's just it's there seems to be a much And even like more- tiny things like Anakin calls three PO Mr. Threep, which I thought yeah, was adorable. Oh my god, so cute. I want them to keep these names, but I know they don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Threep. Um I would die if in like a new like a book way down the line, <laughs> like there's some kind of like just moment where Anakin's like 20 and calls 3PO Mr. Three or calls yeah. Jaina like Jaya. Like they have all those little like baby names for each other. Yeah, they other. call them Jaya and Jasa. Yeah, and they have like it actually feels like a family. It feels like a family, yeah, in a way that like we have not, even in Young Jedi Knights, where like it's supposed to be about them as like teenagers, like get so little sense of them. Actually, any of them that, caring like, about each other at all. Right. I love the part where they are, like, making the kids, like, memorize, like, reprogramming stuff. And the question is, like, who's the greatest uh, leader in the galaxy? And Jane is like, my mama. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So sassy. Yeah. You you do get the beginning of, you see the beginning of Jaina's tendency to, like, tell people. Yeah, what they are. I'm going to explain your story to you, buddy. Yeah, you're ruining your own life. (laughs) I got this. (laughs) Yeah, and you do get the sense that, like, J- Jason is the more sort of, like, silly, quiet, yeah, quiet one, and, and Anakin's so sweet. Like, I would love to have seen Vonda McIntyre's version of one Young Jedi Knights book. Yeah, yeah, just one. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have seen her write one Jedi Knights book. Yeah. I think it would have been fascinating. I was reading about her uh, online before... Like, after I finished the book. And she seems amazing. Yeah. Um, so, like, just a few high points from her Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. She was the third woman ever to win a Hugo Award. <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah. She's won both uh, Hugo and Nebula Awards. Uh-huh. She co-edited, in 1976, she co-edited a feminist slash humanist science fiction anthology Oh my god. She's written a bunch of Star Trek novels. She gave she came up with Sulu's first name in oh. one of her novels is where it came Seriously? from. Yeah. That's amazing. And this is my favorite paragraph uh, of maybe of any Wikipedia page ever, because I want to know the whole story in great detail. While taking part in a science fiction companion on sci-fi and TV, McIntyre became exasperated at a fellow panelist's extreme negativity towards existing sci-fi TV shows. She asked the panel and the audience if they had managed to see Starfarers, which she claimed was an amazing sci-fi miniseries that had almost no viewers due to bad scheduling on the part of the network. No such show existed. But, <laughs> but after reflecting on the plot she described, McIntyre felt it would make a good novel and went on to write Starfarers, as well as its three sequels, later referring to it as my best sci-fi TV series never made. Wow. So, like, she That's just... On the, fl- on the spot. Yeah. On the fly, on a panel to make a point because someone was being annoying, like, yeah. and then wrote <laughs> four books. Four. And a novel that she wrote which was set in the court of Louis the Fourteenth, like the Sun King, which was called The Moon and the Sun, 
was adapted into a movie featuring Pierce Brosnan as the Sun King. And really? they filmed it like three years ago and it doesn't have a distributor. Uh, um, but I really hope that yeah, uh, the King's Daughter gets released because I will yeah. go see that. And final paragraph. McIntyre now lives in Seattle, Washington and enjoys crafting marine creatures to contribute to the hyperbolic crochet coral reef. <laughs> Which I looked into. It's a big art project that they display sometimes. Total recreation of all the coral reefs via crochet. Wow. That's amazing. And this I think is the only Star Wars book. And this she is wrote. the only Star Wars thing she ever wrote, as yeah. far as I can tell from wik- both Wiki and Wikipedia. Yeah. Only. Yeah. But she's written a bunch of Star Trek stuff, and then a lot of stuff that she just like came up with on her own. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's. But I just feel like, I feel like it really shows in this book how much she stuck to her own voice rather than trying to hit all the markers of a Star Wars voice. Yeah. And yet it still feels like Star Wars. Like, it doesn't not feel No, I think Star Wars, we've talked about it so much. Like, we've said a million times, Star Wars feels more like fantasy than, like, science fiction. So having someone really, like, lean into that aspect of it. Yeah, it didn't feel strange the only thing that felt strange to me was some of the dialogue did feel a little bit too high fantasy or a little too yeah maybe stilted or something but i it didn't stop me from getting into the book yeah my only complaint was with luke and it wasn't really a problem of the book so much as i just like hate him now like he's just the worst the summer we decided we hate luke (laughs) (laughs) he could turn it around this book made me think so much about, like, where the sort of new storyline is going with the new films and stuff, and, like, how much sense it makes to kill Luke off. <laughs> like, yes. It just makes so much sense. And I know this is early on to kill Luke off. He's still pretty young at this point. <laughs> but, but, like, Luke in the film, in the original films, is so much of, like, our touchstone, right, into this universe, right, into this world. And then he, his arc is so complete right, by the end. Where does he grow from there? Right. And the thing is, is that I, I'm sure you could come up with a very interesting next, you know, two thirds of Luke's life yeah. story. But I, I think for some reason, Luke's character just does not work well when dozens of authors are trying to fit him into a much larger piece. In a way that the other characters, like, even though there are certainly books where, like, Leia and Han do not come off, come off no. well, they seem to bounce back. Like, you, you do have books where you're like, okay, like... Yeah, they're fine. Like, they're fine. I had no objection to Han or Leia in this book. This was the best Leia we've had. In this is the any. best Leia we've had, yeah. And, then, you know, I think I think Han and the Han Solo trilogy is maybe... The best the best, the best Han we've had. But, you know, this seems like, you know, depending on the story and, and who's sort of interpreting them like they they can be fine but luke seems to be consistent there's no way to do there's no way to handle him apparently yeah we need to find a book where luke is good well yeah (laughs) that's our that's our goal (laughs) because luke has just been running a spectrum from like pitiful to obnoxious i guess yeah He's I feel either- like in this book, I will say, we're complaining about him a lot, but he's not even on the page that much. Like, no, but he he's like really- two thirds of the cover. Yes. Like- <laughs> yeah, Google this cover and tell me that Luke's not the main character of this book. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Bananas. But he's like, he's in his room 
Because, like, you only really see their story from Han's perspective. Right. Like, that side of it. So, like, Luke isn't even no, really he's, a main character. Like, <laughs> in the guitar. He's in the park playing his guitar. Like, yeah, singing. Oh, and there's a whole... Co- I forgot about this. There's a whole conversation that Han has with him about, like, you need to find a woman. Yes! <laughs> you need to like, find a lady. You need a girlfriend. Well, Luke is... And I mean, I guess we could... Maybe that's a thing. But a big part of Luke's problem in this book is that he feels totally paralyzed because he doesn't know anything about this Jedi tradition that he's trying to recreate and be a part of. So. Yeah. Han's like, Jedi are allowed to get girlfriends, right? And Luke was like, I don't know, so I'm not gonna do it. And Han yeah. says, like, but you're making the rules now, so you could you could have a girlfriend. Right, and he's like and he's like, I don't know. And Han's like, look, I'm pretty sure I met him briefly, but I'm pretty sure that Ben Kenobi did not live that whole long life and never know the touch of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and surprise, Luke's just, surprise. Luke's just like, I don't know. I mean yes. He's just, like, flipping out. Yeah, um, Luke can't handle it. Which I think if you leaned into that story, yeah, that would be interesting. But every other book we keep going, or even, like, in the same book, we keep going back and forth between, like, Luke knows what he's doing. He's, like, super capable. Like, he's a great Jedi. To being, like, Luke's useless. <laughs> and I, like, honestly don't, even in the original trilogy, like, he's the only thing we have going. So, like, he's right. fine. But yeah. I don't think Luke's, like, the best Jedi we've got. <laughs> no. Like, if you combed the universe and was like, let's find the most powerful Force user, no, it's not he was, Luke. No, he was the one who lived on Obi-Wan Kenobi's street. Like, right. That's how yeah. he got into this story. And even when he's flying off to go to Cloud City, Yoda and Obi-Wan are like, don't worry, we got a backup. Because yeah. I don't know if this guy going to work out. <laughs> this guy is a problem. There's a backup, don't, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. Everyone just comes like there's there's another Jedi available. Yeah. Like, don't worry, there's just, another one. We got another we, one. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we we're, we prepare for a rainy day. Like we got. This. <laughs> don't worry. So like Luke, like I don't, I never got the impression that we're supposed to think Luke is like the best that there is. No, and I feel like that's part of what's supposed to make Luke compelling is like he's trying really hard and he screws up. And right, he, right. He's like he's it's always not easy for him. He wanted adventure in the great wide somewhere, and like yeah. he's got a like everyone doubts him, and yeah, but he just needs to find his beast. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it's Waru. That's the problem. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think maybe we just need to read more, which is. Good because we're doing. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep but, reading. <laughs> we're we're we got our eye. We got our eye on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but I want. I I I really would love to have a book that I'm like, oh my god, like this is great. Yeah, there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> and, yeah, this true. he just keeps on digging, but yeah. like <laughs> digging into Waru's celestial belly. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to hate Luke. I don't want to hate Luke. That's yeah, I. And what's so frustrating, I think, in this moment of us reading this is that the Luke in the new movies, I sort of love the direction because it's complicated and it makes sense for that character. And, like, that's a a story that I want to know more about. Absolutely. And and it's frustrating also because as a kid and, like, before these movies, I was never – I didn't hate Luke. Luke was fine. But, like, I was never a huge Luke fan. Me either. And so I feel like this is just like confirming. <laughs> <laughs> I, was right. I was right. <laughs> I was right to doubt you, Skywalker. 
Yeah, even though, like, the new sort of iteration of Skywalker I love, but... I do love Luke in The Last Jedi. I thought yeah, it was... Yeah, it's like, that's a, a really great... And it's not the only interpretation, and there are other ways to do it, I'm sure, but, like, that was a great, a great reading of, like, what older Luke... But, like, I like. guess if you want him to continue to have a story, you yeah. can't have Luke go and found a Jedi Academy and have it work. There's just, like, something right. about that character doing that that cannot sustain him being the focus of a story. Like, I think that you could just go and have Luke found an Academy and have it be fine, but then there can't be books can't. about Luke anymore. He can just, like, right. swing by and drop a little wisdom and then go take a nap. But, like, he can't Which be... maybe is what they should have done. Yeah. Like, they need to it's just send him way out. Send Luke away. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, Obi-Wan's basically not a character when we meet him in New Hope. Right? right. He's just sort of yeah. settled in to being, like, an old man advisor. Um, right. And he's out the door, right? That he doesn't stick around. Right. Um, he's not, like on an arc we're not getting a lot of stuff from him he's just you know alec guinness cashing a paycheck and yeah. heading on yeah. out but even when we get luke like poppins luke like in like young jedi knights like he's awful like he doesn't feel like he's trying he doesn't feel like he's trying he feels like he doesn't want to be there which i know he said a ton of times but like that's really i think it's really significant to have a character written on the page who's like, you wrote into this book, still feel like like he doesn't want to be in the book. Yeah, consistently. And this, I don't really think, this one this I didn't Luke really is, get that sense. No, this Luke doesn't want to be in the world. No, yeah, he wants <laughs> This Luke is like He wants in, to go in his room and put on his headphones and listen to my chemical romance and just like <laughs> leave it alone. Like, like, but yeah, it's not like, like he doesn't want to be in the book. It's just he doesn't want to be anywhere. <laughs> no, he's like in a, that classic of, I guess, late 90s, early aughts cinema, The Man in the Iron Mask, where that one musketeer yeah. keeps like, it's a running joke that that one musketeer keeps trying to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> like, that's yeah. Luke headed out in the bar with a rope to just like yeah. get out of here. Yeah. But yeah, and, like I Jedi, Jedi Academy trilogy, Young Jedi Knights, like he doesn't want to be. In anything. Even in courtship, I feel like you don't want to be there. I think courtship might be the best Luke we've had. I think it's the best Luke we've had, which is sad. <laughs> it's, like, not a great Luke. It's That's not a not terrible a Luke. Luke. Yeah. At least, it's, like, he's sort of... He, he, and I think that is a Luke that's, like, not a main character. Like, he's sort of... Yeah. Sort of the supporting side, B, you know, story B kind of thing, which... But he at least seemed, like, interested in other people in a way that... I mean, he seemed to, like, care about Leia and, like, And his older. Good God. He cared a lot about his older. Oh, yeah. Well, who does? Need more of him. Bring that guy back. I can't wait to get the young, or the new Jedi Order, because I think we see a a bit of this older. Yeah, speaking of uh, courtship, though, Dave Wolverton actually took the ghostling thing from this book and did uh, an expand. It did a, a a story arc that was very focused on ghostlings as a tie-in oh, with, uh, I think, like, with Phantom Menace, that there was a story oh, where Sebulba sold a bunch of ghostlings, including, like, a ghostling princess to a hut. And that little, so familiar. Little Anakin, like, helped save the ghostlings and get them I on their way. that book. What that would be called? interesting. I mean, eventually we're going to run out of stuff. We're going to have to do prequels. <laughs> 
expanded universe. But I guess, like, I think even prequel expanded universe is considered Legends now. Yes, so that, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Would also fit. Sure. Oh, I think it's a Star Wars Jedi Apprentice book. Or no, Star Wars, they're called game books? I guess maybe they're tied into a... A video game? The Ghostling Children, Star Wars Episode One Adventures, it's called. Okay. That must be children's, like a child or a young adult. Yeah, it's probably like kids, like elementary age. Yeah, probably on the I mean, same. She, it's probably on the same kind of level as like the Star Wars journals. Yeah. Oh, we gotta do those. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. McIntyre doesn't really like when you think of the sort of the huge characters that come out of expanded universe. Like, there's none in here that really like stand the test of time in terms of like. No. These books falling through or, you know, places or events necessarily, but like little character things, I think are, you know, especially with Jane and Jason, like we've been talking about, um, like these are things that go through to the end. Right. And even, and I think with Anakin as well, that Anakin being kind of like mischievous, Anakin being, you know, all that Angel baby. (laughs) Anakin being a sweet baby angel who everyone just adores. Yeah, yeah, that, that, especially with the kids, and, and I think it makes, it, you know, I said this throughout the episode, but it makes sense, like, this is why I think that the twins and Anakin, like, that's who they are, is this book, because it is sort of an establishing text for them, in a way that I didn't realize. I guess some of the messiness is part of what makes the expanded universe of its day, like, special, because they did not have Wikipedia yet, and they couldn't check. Yeah, they couldn't Google. (laughs) But it's kind of funny to me that when they, they, Kevin J. Anderson brings this back and brings Lusa back in Young Jedi Knights as sort of, like, a tie into the Diversity Alliance because Lusa hates humans because of this experience. But in this book, Hethrier is not a human. Right. So, like. Yeah. She just got <laughs> just got confused, like, oh well, Hethrew did this to us. Hethrew tortured us, and he was a human, so I hate humans. But now it's just like, but he wasn't human. Yeah, Lusa, what's going yeah. on with your what's your story? But I mean, it's a small yeah, quibble, I but it's almost, I almost I I like when continuity stuff like that doesn't line up. Yeah, in these it's things. interesting. It's kind of interesting back. to see the seams. Yeah, yeah, and like what people took and what people dropped, and so they're like, "Well, we're not going to keep going with this." Yeah, like um, the fact that Leia consciously draws on the dark side of the Force in this book, and it's not like now Leia's fallen to the dark side, you right? Know? <laughs> like, yeah, that right? It's like it could be useful. Maybe yeah, it's like no big deal to just you know in this moment, dark side's what I need. I also really, lo- I feel like there must be some significance in the moment where Han is showing through PO like magic tricks. Yeah. Which I wonder I really, if maybe that's where AC Crispin picked up on. That could be. I feel like AC Crispin read this like attentively. Oh, she did. Yeah, Zavira definitely like. Yeah, Zavira. Um, yeah, Zavira really came through. But yeah, there's a scene where Han is trying to demonstrate how like you can't trust your yeah. you can't trust your impression, yeah. and he like pulls a coin out of the air, and three is like, yeah. "That's amazing! Do that again!" <laughs> yeah, he pulls it like out of his mouth too. Yeah, like, how are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, I like love. I mean, again, we said this before, but I think the who comes out looking like great on the page is three PO. Three PO is the real superstar of the Star Wars expanded universe yeah. in a way that, like, I continue to be confused by. Yeah, um, like, I love him, and he's, like, the most responsible and reasonable character. He takes things really seriously. Yeah, he just, yeah, for someone who's so annoying on screen. Yeah, I've never felt like a scene in a movie was better because 3PO was in it. Yeah, but in this book, like, 
Croupier was a delight. Like, and he's all purple. And when the kids see him at the end, they're like, why are you purple? <laughs> <laughs> I do love them. I do love at the end when uh, Han talks to Tigris about, like, not being sensitive to the force and how it, like, I, I marked that page because it's such a, I thought it was so cute. We're, like, trying to flee a planet that's about to explode. And right. Tigris is pulling a real Luke about it and, like, sulking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Tigris raised his head and looked his mother in the eyes. You didn't steal the force from me, did you? No, my sweet, she whispered. I never had any abilities at all, did I? Sadly, she shook her head. Wait a minute, Han said. Kid, you saved my son's life. Maybe you can't use the force. So what? Neither can I. And it hasn't held me back. Who are you? Tigris asked. <laughs> Han laughed, surprised. Maybe my disguise is better than I thought. I'm Han Solo. I was taught to hate you, Tigris added, then added thoughtfully, as I was taught to hate my mother. That's too bad, Han said with genuine regret. I'm grateful to you. Thank you for bringing Anakin back to us. And I was taught to respect you, Tigris said. That's a start, as an enemy. <laughs> Han grinned his lopsided grin. A weird start, but a start all the same. Come on, kid, let's get out of here. Like, yeah, I thought that was cute. adorable. Yeah, there is something I think also like a running theme is book about, like, not having the force is not at all a hindrance and, like, no, these force people are just lost little daisies all through. Yeah, yeah that, you know, Chewie and Han and uh, Zavir, well, I guess Zavir is, like, turns out to be a little bit force sensitive. But, like, the sort of, like, capableness of, of characters is not solely dependent on... Yeah, there's a, the force... ability. Yeah, the using... And the what really gets Leia back to her kids is not using the force, it's making friends and trying and right right and like being diplomatic and which is also kind of like a fairy tale thing where uh like ultimately magic you know comes at a price and it's too high a price and you need to like right stay true to yourself and go back to your home and star wars fairy tale thumbs up like it it is weird i admit like strange i mean it's strange only because you just haven't it's not what you expect before but But i feel like sense but i feel like if on the cover i feel like if it said the crystal star a star wars fairy tale that like people would get it more i feel like it was not marketed appropriately i mean the cover is not great no it's a terrible cover i i mean that luke actually did detract from my experience of reading the book if i could have excised luke from the book and just had han i mean he didn't really need to be there he didn't add anything he was just could have been on yavin 4 working with those poor souls at the day (laughs) (laughs) no he's just like snarling and whining and accusing and lighting his lightsaber and taking out his lightsaber and yeah. moaning <laughs> and his hotel door, <laughs> slamming the door and <laughs> making weird accusations like what do you think happened luke you think han slept with zaviri while you hung out in the hallway like no yeah. also if on. he did like not your goddamn business. <laughs> yeah, get out of it. Like, you really want to know the ins and outs of Han, Han and Leia's open marriage? Like, maybe they're monogamish. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm sure if Leia had a problem with it, she would. She it. would handle like, it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Han. small point. Chewbacca did not know that makeup was a thing before I this. Know, that was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Leia's like putting on her taking off makeup. Oh, when she's doing her disguise. She yeah, she like gets that makeup. eyeshadow. Yeah, and he looks at her like, 
And she's like, oh, like, did you think my eyelids, like, changed color? Like, they're chameleon? <laughs> like, he did and not he's like, know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He did not know that makeup was a thing. And Leia has hair dye that's just, yeah. like, you put it on and then it, like, crawls through your head. Yeah, it seemed really scary. Like, if that was how hair dye worked, I would not dye my hair. <laughs> no, but it also was like a fairy tale thing. Yeah, like, like a magic. Yeah. Put this yeah, on, like, dyes, a lot of disguises like, and stuff. Yeah. She dyes chewy, like, brindle colored, like a like a cattle dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish we had taken, like, a folklore class at some point. I feel like we could really crack into yeah, this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really into it when I was younger, and I feel like if I had thought about this earlier, and... Because there are those, like, what are they called? Those, like, categories of folk of uh, folk tales. Like, each grim story has, like, a number. Like, it's categorized. And, I mean, it is, like... I mean, it's, you know, Hansel and Gretel. Maybe we should do a special episode where we break down. <laughs> break down the crystal star and talk about all this sort of if we ever get enough time to do the research necessary yeah so. I, yeah i was gonna say like i could do this but my dissertation would have to do yeah no we're both <laughs> capable of this but like we're, we do not have time for this yeah but if you have anyone else listening yeah has, if like, anybody's like a folklorist let us know yeah We'd be happy yeah. to welcome a folklorist on for, for a, a guest analysis. Yeah, to talk about some of these. Folk- I mean, because I think you could do it for the original series. Like, you know, I think. Oh yeah, are- I think it's been done. Yeah. So if you want to um, do yeah, like a take- folklore analysis of the Crystal Star, like read the Crystal Star and yeah. like, sketch up a one page summary for us, <laughs> we'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I would love to have somebody who knew a lot about. Yeah, I would like, love to hear more because to, this is structured. This is structured in a way that doesn't map onto science fiction, but yeah, that doesn't mean it doesn't track. Like, it's interesting right. to me. Yeah. And there are lots of ways that, like, original Star Wars doesn't map onto science fiction. Like, no. It's a Western. It's a fairy tale. Like, it's not. No, it's a lot. You know, just because it looks like science fiction. It's in disguise. It and um, it let a very different flag fly here. Yeah, and I and then, yeah, it was a really fun. Yeah, so I guess I guess that covers it. Yeah. yeah. So last week we said we're doing Thrawn next, but weeks ago we had said we're doing Lando Adventures. Whatever. But you I'm think. up for either or. We could save Lando Adventures. Yeah, I say we go Thrawn. I say uh-huh. like I say we. I think we're ready. I think it's time. Yeah. So we're gonna Thrawn it. <laughs> Thrawn <laughs> it up. So we're gonna do Thrawn. Throw in some Tales from Oz Eisley. Yeah. Second Thrawn. I think yeah. it's, it's Air of the Empire, Dark Command, and or Dark, no, the last command is the last one. He wants to say Dark Apprentice, but this. There's airs and shadows and darkness. Yeah, there's, you can Google it. <laughs> Come up. I'll, um, hang on, I'll, I'll get it. Let's see. What we are reading is the Air to the Empire trilogy. It's, right, it was originally Thrawn called now. the Thrawn trilogy, but there's been so many like Thrawn things that I guess that got confusing. So right. it's Air to the Empire is one, Dark Force Rising is two, and the last command is three. And we're going to intersperse those with some tales. From Moss Eisley Cantina. Yeah. So that's the plan. Yeah. So we're going to meet Mara Jade, Taloncard, and Grand Admiral Thrawn. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll catch up soon. Yeah. Alrighty. Bye. Until next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com, for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon, 
We're on Instagram, Adolescence After Alderaan. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much. 